You're listening to Blood on the Tracks, an exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. Hello and welcome to Blood on the Tracks, an exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. I'm your host, Lee Russell, and this is episode number 64. And this time out, we have an extra special, extra big episode for you guys. This is kind of a response to the fact that the They Must Be Destroyed on Sight main feed has kind of slowed down a little bit lately. Uh, my co-host Lady Lee has been doing schoolwork and the and the like. Original host Daniel, it's spotty when and when I cannot get him on, and I just kind of felt like taking a break here and there too. Uh, so we've only been releasing like about maybe two episodes a month instead of like the usual four. So as a little bit of a, I'm sorry, I guess to the listeners. I don't know how upset the listeners may or may not be about not getting the regular amount of content. I decided I'd make a nice big extra special version of Blood on the Tracks for you guys this month. That will also follow into next month. This is just part one. And uh, what we're looking at, of course, is the filmography of Quentin Tarantino. More specifically, of course, the soundtracks that he puts together for his films. So we're going to be looking at the stuff that I like from the soundtracks and we're going to be doing roughly the first half of his career. Uh, he just announced recently that his 10th movie is now getting written or being starting production or whatever, whatever have you. Uh, it's called The Movie Critic, I guess. And whether this ends up being his 10th and final film, who knows? We'll see. But I thought it'd be interesting to look at his body of work as far as uh, his soundtracks go up to this point. So we're going to be looking at Reservoir Dogs, up until Kill Bill Volume 2 on this episode. And then, of course, we'll come back and do the remaining films in the next episode next month. So, starting off, Reservoir Dogs, 1992. We got three selections here, and I think none of these are surprises. This was not the largest soundtrack that he had put together. It didn't quite hold the sway he uh, holds now, right? So it's not like he can just like, oh, I can pick any song I want for my soundtracks. Here he had to be a bit more selective. And uh, I think everyone knows these songs. So we've got Little Green Bag from the uh, George Baker selection from 1969. This band from the Netherlands uh, that were led by Hans Bowens. First known as Soul Invention and renamed the band uh, George Baker selection and renamed himself George Baker. Uh, from a detective novel that he read. And uh, then going on, we've got Stuck in the Middle of You from Steeler's Wheel from 1972. This was a short-lived Scottish folk rock act formed by Joe Egan and Jerry Rafferty. And uh, finishing off, we're going to have Coconut from Harry Nielsen. Uh, 1971, this came out, and uh, this is from American singer-songwriter Nielsen. Pretty successful 
despite never doing major concerts or tours. That was kind of a thing he was known for. Uh, famously friends with John Lennon and Ringo Starr post-Beatles. And uh, I guess they did an album together called Pussycats that I guess wasn't super successful. I think they're more known for getting drunk and getting thrown out of bars together uh, instead of uh, their, music, their music collaborations. But uh, that's that. And uh, once we go through those songs, we'll come back and look at Pulp Fiction. Look at the 
All right, now we're going to take a look at stuff from Pulp Fiction, 1994. I guess arguably the movie that really put Quentin Tarantino on the map and really started his big, crazy soundtracks. This is kind of where it became a signature of his to have, like, super cool shit in his soundtrack. And this one's really populated by a lot of surf music, very upbeat, very fast, kind of f follows the frantic pacing and uh, order, basically, of the, of the film, the way it's presented. We start off with Miserlou from Dick Dale from 1962. Uh, Dick Dale, a surf music pioneer, notable for using Middle Eastern scales, fast tremolo picking, um, experiments in reverb, and uh, he was very highly influential to a lot of more successful surf and rock acts to uh, follow him. Appearing on the Pulp Fiction soundtrack revitalized his career, uh, got him four new albums and world tours, and there's someone on a motorcycle driving by the window. Isn't that nice? And um, this is actually, I think a lot of people don't know this, this is actually a basically sped-up rock version of a Mediterranean folk song. Moving on, we've got Ace of Spades from Link Ray from 1965. Most people know him from the sort of signature 1950s rock instrumental song, Rumble. He's credited with inventing the power chord uh, on an electric guitar. To my mind, basically the uncontested king of rock instrumentals. Famously, he lost a lung due to tuberculosis while serving in the uh, Korean War, uh, but still managed to sing on his albums uh, following that, uh, despite doubts uh, from his doctors. Pretty amazing guy. Then we move on to Comanche from The Revels from 1961. Uh, the Revels were originally a 1950s-style instrumental band known as Jill Cerna and the Rockets before they sort of moved into the more popular emerging surf sounds from the 1960s and changed their name. And uh, I think they changed it in 1959, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, that was kind of that. They kind of took off from there and, and had their biggest success. Moving on from there, Busting Surfboards from the Tornadoes from 1963. This is an English instrumental band. Uh, most people know their biggest hit, Telstar, which was also of note the first single uh, in the U.S. by an English band to hit number one. And then finally, we're going to look at If Love is a Red Dress, Hang Me in Rags by Maria McKee. This is from 1993. Uh, she's an American singer-songwriter mostly associated with alt-country and country rock. Uh, her song Never, Never Be You appeared in Walter Hill's Streets of Fire. Uh, her song Show Me Heaven appeared in the Days of Thunder soundtrack. This is the only original piece of music that was basically written for Pulp Fiction, and it was chosen by Quentin Tarantino when he saw her performing at the Viper Club, I guess, or the Viper Pit, or I can't remember the name of it. It's the, the one that was associated with Johnny Depp. Uh, the Viper Room, maybe? But yeah, he saw her, was blown away, asked her to send demos to him, and he picked this, I guess, and then she recorded it, made the full version for it, and it appeared on the soundtrack. I read in an interview where she says, to this day, she still gets very nice royalties from that movie. So there you go. Cool shit. And after those, we'll be back to look at Jackie Brown. <laughs> 
Okay, now we're going to look at Jackie Brown from 1997, probably Tarantino's most underrated film, my favorite film that he's done. Probably thematically the best soundtrack match to a film that he's done as well. Don't get me wrong, I, I don't think any of his soundtracks are horribly mismatched to any of his films, but here's where I feel like thematically he just really brought it all together with his sort of tribute to black exploitation, tribute to Pam Greer. The connections are there, and I think it's just a beautiful little piece of work, a whole sort of body of work put together. First we got Didn't I Blow Your Mind This Time from the Delphonics, 1970. Of course, the American R&B soul group from Philadelphia uh, had a string of hits in the late 60s and early 70s. And this song is the sort of key to the sort of emotional connection between Robert Forrester's Max Cherry and Pam Greer's Jackie Brown in the film. It's kind of about their uh, very brief but uh, intense kind of love for each other. So that's very cool. Then we go on to Sissy Strut from The Meters from 1969. The Meters are an American funk band from New Orleans and kind of that's it. It's a cool little tune. Nothing more, much more to say. Then we got The Lion and the Cucumber from The Vampire's Sound Incorporation. This is a sort of music project put together between um, Germans uh, Manfred Hubler and Siggy Schwab and Jess Franco, the filmmaker. And basically they were put together and recorded this stuff for three of Jess Franco's films, uh, Vampiros Lesbos, The Devil Came from Akasava, and She Killed in Ecstasy, which all, of course, also starred the lovely and sadly late Soledad Miranda, who was Jess Franco's muse at the time, girlfriend, whatever. But yeah, they put this together, and uh, there was a compilation album released that had all this stuff in it. I guess it's kind of rare to find it these days, but you can like literally find it on YouTube, so uh, get to it. And this is cool shit. Then we have Exotic Dance, Escape, and Aragon from Roy Ayers from 1973. American composer Ayers uh, did a bunch of his own stuff, of course, but the connection here, of course, is the Pam Greer thing again. This is from the soundtrack album he did for the movie Coffee from 1973. 
Moving on, we got Street Life from Randy Crawford. She's an American jazz and R&B singer. This was uh, from 1979 with a uh, collaboration with the jazz band The Crusaders. She basically just did the vocals for them on this. Then we have Longtime Woman, and this is from the woman herself, Pam Greer, recorded in 1971, originally for the film The Big Dollhouse, the uh, Jack Hill woman in prison film. And um, yeah, kind of a classic exploitation film, and she just, I don't know what the particulars were, other than Pam Greer had some singing and acting experience before she started doing these Corman pictures and the like. So there you go. Then we have Who Is He and What Is He To You by Bill Weathers. Uh, 1972. Uh, this guy was an American singer-songwriter. Most people know his big hits. Uh, Ain't No Sunshine, Lean On Me, and Lovely Day, and Just the Two of Us. Uh, so yeah, it's that guy. And then finally, we've got the classic Across 110th Street by Bobby Womack, American singer-songwriter, and this came from 1973, and of course this appeared on the soundtrack to the exploitation-esque, some call it a exploitation film, I kind of side on the, yeah, it's exploitation basically, film of the same name, 1973. And that's the song that basically bookends Jackie Brown. And uh, it's kind of beautiful, especially the way it sort of plays at the end of the film. I have my own theories about whether the music's actually diegetic in the film, or if maybe there's something else thematically going on there. If you want to hear that, go to our Jackie Brown review we did on the They Must Be Destroyed on Sight podcast. Check that episode out. We're going to come back after that and look at Kill Bill Volume 1.
long time woman And I'm serving my time I've been locked away so long now I've forgotten my crime Been working on the road now I've been working by the sea He to you I 
be strong If you want to survive The family On the other side of town Will catch hell If we're about to get around In every city You'll find the same thing going down Try to move the capital Baby, get on time Let me sing it Kill Bill Volume 1, even though Tarantino actually considers Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 just one movie, but I guess it was the Weinsteins at the time that he was, you know, working for, forced him to split it into two two parts for him to sort of maintain more of the creative control he wanted, or something along those lines. I don't know. There's, it's something along those lines. It's some sort of studio telling them you got to do it this way if you want to keep some of your artistic integrity or whatever. But yeah, Kill Bill Volume 1, 2003. First, we got The Flower of Carnage uh, in Japanese, known as Shura no Hana. And this is from the movie Lady Snowblood from 1973. This is done by Miko Kaji, who was the titular Lady Snowblood. She was a Japanese, uh, I think she's still alive actually, Japanese singer and actress who uh, was often doing this. She would uh, sing like one or two tracks for whatever movie she was in. Moving on, we got Battle Without Honor or Humanity from Tomoyasu Hote. This is from uh, 2000. And this guy does it all. He's a musician who's both a performer and a composer, he's a record producer and an actor. Uh, his music has appeared in uh, Another Battle, which is uh, originally where this song showed up in. His stuff has also appeared in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and uh, New Battles Without Honor and Humanity, and Lupin the Third, which is, I guess, a live-action Japanese version of the anime. Going on from here, we've got Theme from Ironside by Quincy Jones. And, of course, Quincy Jones, musician, record producer, of course, big-time record mogul. He did this for the 1967 Raymond Burr TV show, and this is, has the distinction of being the first synthesizer-based television theme. He did a fuller version of this, and this is the one we're going to hear here, that appeared on his album Smackwater Jack in like 71, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, I'm just going to give you the full song. Of course, you only get like a clip, just a basic opening clip of this whenever the bride sees a red so to speak, when, when she sees someone she's got to take vengeance on. So, uh, there you go. Then we have The Lonely Shepherd from Gerge Zamfir. 
and James Last. This is from 1977. Zamfir, of course, is known as the master of the pan flute. And uh, James Last is a notable German composer and big band leader of the James Last Orchestra. Uh, some of Zamfir's music also appears in films like Once Upon a Time in America and the Karate Kid series. And um, this song was also the theme song for the 1979 Australian miniseries Golden Soak, whatever that is. Then we got Twisted Nerve from Bernard Herrmann. This is 1968. Of course, Herman's an American composer, conductor, uh, mostly associated with Alfred Hitchcock, although his first credited soundtrack uh, was for Orson Welles' Citizen Kane. And, um, yeah, this is from the movie Twisted Nerve from 1968. And, of course, it's got that creepy whistling to it, which is amazing. Uh, then we have That Certain Female from Charlie Feathers from 1974. Charlie Feathers was a highly influential and there's another motorcycle. A lot of those out. Um, anyway, Charlie Feathers was a highly influential country rockabilly artist who did a ton of stuff and uh, basically influenced a ton of uh, bands and rock acts, uh, including The Cramps, a personal favorite of mine. Then we have Crane slash White Lightning, and this is a mashup between The RZA and Charles Bernstein. I don't think they actually agreed to collaborate on this. I think they just bought the rights to Bernstein's music or whatever and uh, put The RZA on it as well. But the... Um, the Crane uh, is RZA's contribution to this from 2003, and then the Bernstein uh, music is from 73, from the 1973 classic Burt Reynolds film, White Lightning. And uh, that comes from the track Escape and Hound Chase off that soundtrack. Then we have Run, Fay Run from Isaac Hayes. This is from 1974, from his soundtrack to the film he co-starred in with Lino Ventura and Fred Williamson, Three Tough Guys. And then finally, we got two other songs here. We got The Grand Duel, Parte Prima, from Louis Bakalov from 1972. And, of course, it's from the Spaghetti Western, The Grand Duel, uh, directed by Giancarlo Santi and starring Lee Van Cleef. Very good fucking movie. And Bang Bang, My Baby Shot Me Down. Now, Nancy Sinatra doing the cover here of a Sonny Bono song originally written for Cher. I think it was her first million seller for a song. Over million seller for a song, something along those lines. Uh, but yeah, this was covered by Sinatra, of course, in the same year uh, on her How Does That Grab You album. And we'll be back after that to close out the show with Kill Bill Volume 2. Tomorrow, I 
He wore black and I wore white He would always win the fight Bang, bang, he shot me down Bang, bang, I hit the ground Bang, bang, that awful sound Bang, bang, my baby shot me down Seasons came and changed the time When I grew up I called him mine He would always laugh and say Remember when we used to play Bang, bang I shot you down Bang, bang You hit the ground Bang, bang That awful sound Bang, bang I used to shoot you down Music played and people sang Just for me the church bells rang Closing out the show, we got six more tracks here, I guess. Yeah, six tracks. For Kill Bill Volume 2 from 2004, concluding the Ode to Revenge-O-Matics, Martial Arts, and Spaghetti Westerns that Tarantino kind of mashed up in this one. First off, we got the song that, uh, if you listen to Quentin Tarantino's podcast with Roger Avery, the Video Archives podcast, this is a song that opens his show... This is Motorcycle Circus from Louis Bacala from 1972 from the Christopher Mitchum starring revenge matic Summertime Killer. Then moving on, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but uh, this is Malaguera Salarosa from Chingon, the uh, Texas-based band formed by Robert Rodriguez fellow director, of course, Rodriguez. And um, they I guess he started this band so he could record music for his Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Uh, went on to do music on the Grindhouse film, which we'll be getting to in part two of this uh, little series. And uh, this band also appeared as the host band for season two of Lucha Underground. I'm not sure I'd be too proud of that, but this band's also known as Del Castillo when Rodriguez is not fronting them. Then we move on to another Charlie Feathers tune, this one from 1956. 
can't hardly stand it because he's all tore up. All tore up. Yeah, I love that one. Um, I actually, I love all, pretty much all of Charlie Feather's shit. He's fucking amazing. Then we go on to The Chase. This is Alan Reeves, Phil Steele, and Philip Brigham. In, in 1970, they were known as Clinic. There is another band out there now, an English band called Clinic. That's not them. Uh, this is the original Clinic, I guess. And uh, they were sort of a... Um, pop rock, folk rock kind of thing, like in the vein of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. And this song is taken from their contribution to the soundtrack for the 1970 film The Road to Selena. And then we're going to end off with two songs from Ennio Morricone for two Sergio Carbucci films. First we have A Silhouette of Doom from the 1966 Navajo Joe, another Burt Reynolds film. Uh, Burt Reynolds in red face in this, unfortunately. Although, I guess Burt Reynolds claimed he had a like a smattering of Native American in his background somewhere, although I don't think that was ever confirmed. But for what it's worth, he does a pretty bang-up job, even if he is doing red face. Um, it's still a pretty fucking good movie, if you can get past that part. And then we have Lorena from The Mercenary from 1968. Uh, the great Franco Nero starring Spaghetti Western. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's going to end off this episode, the first part of this two-part thing. And um, I hope I didn't talk too much. And I hope you guys enjoy it and uh, are looking forward to part two, where we are going to tackle the rest of Quentin Tarantino's filmography up to this point. Who knows, I might even do a, like a bonus episode covering a couple of the films that he only wrote on because some of those have some pretty awesome soundtracks too i'll see if i have enough there that i can make an episode out of but uh, no promises on that one but uh thanks for listening as always guys very much appreciated uh and we will see you again next month bye-bye
ojos tienes Debajo de esas dos cejas Debajo de esas dos cejas Qué bonitos ojos tienes Ellos me quieren mirar Pero si tú no los dejas Pero si tú no los dejas Ni siquiera parpadear Malagueña Salerosa Malagueña salerosa Y decirte Niña hermosa
Thank you for listening to Blood on the Tracks. For further or previous episodes of this program, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through. Oh,